Let's pray. Father, we are grateful that you are among us. Your spirit is here. We know that your son is present in the body of Christ and the bread and the wine. We know that you are speaking through your word. Would you open our ears? Help us to, to see the things that we cannot otherwise see. Amen. One of the many things that is so beautiful about the Psalms is that they show us the places where God's people have been. Specifically, they show us where God's people have been before God in God's presence. So much of the Old Testament, we see things that have happened in history. We see events that have happened, things that God has done in the history of his people and in the history of his world. But so often in the Psalms, we get a glimpse into the interior life of God's people. Where have they been emotionally? Where have they actually been before God? Where have they been in the presence of God? We need that because so often we find that we ourselves are in those same places. On the inside. The same places where God's people have been before us. In Psalm 85, we see God's people in a place that I think will be very familiar to us. That psalm begins with remembering. Remembering the past. Israel had sinned. Because of that sin, God had punished them. But God had also put them back in the land. He'd forgiven their sin. He turned his anger away from them. But even though they were back home, even though God had turned his anger from them, you get this sense from the psalmist that things are not right yet. It still seems that God is angry. Things are still not as they should be. Israel still needs restoration. They still need revival. So they plead for God to bring his salvation. Now, it's not clear in the psalm itself what the context is that drives this prayer. But I think we have a good guess. It seems like it might be after Israel has returned from exile. So about 400 years after David was king in Israel, most of Israel had scattered. They had turned from God. They turned to idols. They turned to the ways of the surrounding nations. And so God had allowed them to be cast out of their land. It started in the northern part of Israel in the 700s B.C. And then in the 600s and the early 500s, it happens in the south as well. And it culminates in the destruction of Jerusalem and in the destruction of God's temple in the holy city. And this exile dominates the attention of many of the prophets. Either they're warning Israel, saying, if you don't turn from your wicked ways, this is coming. You're going to be scattered. Or it's the prophets proclaiming hope, even in the midst of that scattering, reminding God's people that even though they're suffering, even though they're struggling, God had not abandoned them. Now that hope does come to fruition. A few decades after Jerusalem is destroyed, God begins to bring people back. 
And it seems like it's probably sometime after that return has begun that this psalm is written. Because many, but not all, of Israel was restored. And the ones that did come back came back to a place that was still broken down and still overrun. And so for this remnant that's returned, for these people who have come back from exile, yeah, there are new beginnings, but they are in for a really long and hard stretch. You can see glimpses of this in Ezra. So people have come back, but there's no temple. You see even more glimpses of this in Nehemiah. A hundred years later, and Jerusalem doesn't have walls. The people aren't keeping God's law. The poor are oppressed. People are vulnerable. Not just physically, they're spiritually vulnerable. So can you feel their frustration? If they had been brought back, if they were back from exile, if God was no longer angry with them, then why are they living in ruins? Why are they living in the ruins of some former glory that has long since passed? And so it's in that context or a context that's very like that one that God speaks here in this psalm. He says, salvation is near. The glory of God is going to dwell with you. You're going to be whole with God. As long as you don't turn back to the old ways, the old sins, the old idolatries that caused your ancestors to be kicked out. Look at the intimacy of these words. Love and faithfulness will meet. Righteousness and peace will kiss. Look at the intimacy of those words. It's like a dance. The very life of God is going to flood over this dejected land. It's going to pour down like rain. It's going to make the ground that has up to this point been unkept and unruly, it's going to make it wealthy and generous. But all of that abundance that's going to flow from this desolate land is also a picture of a spiritual abundance, a spiritual abundance that God is going to cultivate with his people as he dwells among them. You can see in the psalm there's this picture of faithfulness springing from the ground, righteousness looking down from the sky, that's a picture of harmony. It's not just abundance on the earth. It's not just an abundant harvest. It's a picture of harmony between heaven and earth. The earth and the sky meeting together. God is going to dwell with his people. It's a picture of his people even faithfully obeying him, faithfully being in his presence. God's message to them is very clear. Even in these waste places, even in these ruins, he's present. And from those desolate places, from those ruins, he is going to bring forth abundant life. And in the meantime, he reminds his people, don't turn. Don't go back to those old ways. Stay. Cling to me. Even when you can't see what I'm doing and even when you can't feel that I am here, stay. So we said that the Psalms often show us where Israel has been, but they also speak to us where we are. Can we not see ourselves in the same kind of place? God has been gracious to you. He's been favorable to you, just like the Psalm begins. He's covered up your sin. 
He's turned his anger away from you. He's released you from captivity. But like Israel, can't you still see in your life places that seem like ruins? Or have you ever been in those places that felt like waste places? You know that the Spirit is in you and that Christ is near, but you ever struggled to actually feel or to believe that God is present? You know that God has set you free. You're not in bondage. You're not in captivity. But are there not still areas of sin that still seem to cling to you that you can't get away from or that you just won't let go of? Have despair or doubt ever opened up doors that have drawn you back to those things? Have you ever felt stress or anxiety or just sadness pull darkness over you like it's a blanket? covers you, or some sort of broken relationship, or painful loss, or just disappointment, places where you struggle to be content, unmet desires, or achings, or longings, ever felt like ruins or waste places, places that are desolate? Or are there just places where your heart is hard, and where you're calloused? Have you ever found yourself in ruins like those? And ruins like where Israel was. You found your heart discouraged because of that. God's message for you in the psalm is that you're not alone. There's a reason that this psalm is there. It's because God's people needed it because they were there too. There's a reason that the church has needed letters like Paul's to the Ephesians. So much of what Paul says in his letters is pointing forward It's talking about the salvation that is to come, the salvation that's going to be fulfilled, pressing on, moving forward toward this goal that's ahead of you. But for whatever reason, the church in Ephesus needed to hear something a little bit different. They needed to hear what was true right there in their present. For whatever reason, they needed to be reminded of the things that were true that they couldn't see because they were in a hard place. And so look at all the ways that Paul reminds them of these things that are true, but they they, they, they can't see. Reminds them of these spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Reminds them that they have been predestined for adoption through Christ. That they have redemption through him. Forgiveness. Grace is lavished on them. They have an eternal inheritance. Christ has passed through death and into life, and that new life has been poured out. It's been given to them. And the Ephesians needed to hear that right there where they were, as do we. Righteousness, love, peace, faithfulness, they all met in Christ on the cross. They all met when Jesus walked out of that tomb. They all met when Jesus ascended into the throne room of God. That harmony the earth springing up, the heavens looking down, that harmony that the psalmist is seeking, that Israel is longing for, it's extended through Christ. Do you, do you see what Paul said? To unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. That harmony that they long for in the psalm is extending through the rule and the reign of Jesus. And yet, while we, like the Ephesians, while we wait for this inheritance that we can't see or touch or feel yet, what does Paul say? We are 
sealed with the Holy Spirit now. We have this stamp of, from this God who in his love will not let us go. He's with us. That same harmony between heaven and earth that might sound so kind of vague and abstract and ethereal, it's taken root in you because that spirit has filled you. That abundance that flows out of that divine dance of righteousness and peace and faithfulness and love has filled you. We're going to say in the creed, he is the Lord, the giver of life. God's glory dwells in you and among us. These are the things that are true. Even now, even in those waste places, even in those ruins, even when we can't see them, these are the things that are true, even in the dark. For Israel in the psalm, for the Ephesians, and even for us, the answer is the same. Even in the waste places and in the ruins, God is near. Christ is present in the breaking of the bread and in the wine the gathering of his people. Spirit is with us and in us. God has already brought us from death and into life. And just like he promised to Israel, he will bring abundant life even out of those ruined places in your soul, even out of those dark and desolate places. That's his promise because he's with us. Let's pray. Lord, even now and even as we wait for these things that are to come, we pray that you would haste the day when our faith shall be sight. Whatever clouds there are, would you roll them back? So even now, even if we're in the ruins or in the dark places, would you remind us that it is well with our souls because you are here and you are with us. Amen.